Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome back to Boys of 161st Street. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. This week, Luke and Murph were joined by Barstool's very own Eric Hubs, host of the Short Porch Yankees podcast. I'm sure most of you know who he is already. Hubs is a super cool dude. We had a lot of fun with him on the show, talking Yanks. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, everybody, this is Eric Hubbs. I'm sure you know who he is from Barstool Sports, does the Short Porch podcast, uh, all that kind of stuff with the blogging, everything like that. So basically just how are you holding up right during, <laughs> during the quarantine, man? Like, how are you staying busy? <laughs> I don't know where you guys are based out of, but I'm literally in New York City, and I've lost my mind completely. Yeah. Um, I, I don't fall asleep until about 4 or 5 in the morning every night. Um, it's... My life without baseball, where I should have baseball, is just miserable. Um, I, my whole daily routine is so messed up these days, and uh, I'm about as lost as you can possibly be. I think I eat about once a day, which is not good. Um, I'm just in a really bad spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually so I'm from New York, Westchester, New York, but me and my buddy Damon, who's also on the podcast, just moved out to the city. He's there now, but I'm in Westchester. I don't know what he's doing. I'm not. I don't want to see him because I don't want to t- cross contaminate. But anywhere in New York's horrible. It's literally like Wuhan. You like you're at least like home though, which is nice. Like, yeah. I'm stuck in an apartment. I live with three other people, and they're all gone because they live like close enough to the city that they got picked up by their parents. Where I live in my hometown is in Jersey, so I would like I'm two hours away, so I'm not taking a train or a bus because that's automatic Corona. Yeah. Um, right. and, and, like. I, I don't know. I, I might have an escape plan, like, coming tomorrow, like, some, like, 24-style, like, escape Eric out of the city. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But, um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm going to I, – I haven't seen a human being in, like, a week. It's crazy. I know. Me too, man. That's, I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, Damon's the same way as my buddy who I live in the apartment with, and he's just kind of stuck there with other, our other friend, Jin, who's been going to work because he works in a PT place, which PT you just have to – well, that, and now actually doesn't go to work anymore because they shut that down. But he was going up until like last week, so I don't want to see any of them because they're doing their own wow. thing right now. The thing about Damon is that his hometown is New Rochelle, so yeah, he'd be leaving is... the city to go into the only place in on the East Coast that's worse than the city <laughs> for the virus. So he's kind of screwed. He has nowhere to go. Yeah, so I, I don't want to see that. But how are you? How are you staying busy? What are you doing? So. Daily routine. So, I mean, honestly, like, it is nice that my job is a lot of fun. So, like, like I keep myself busy by working, and it's not like I'm an accountant and I'm doing numbers and stuff like my other friends, like or me. like I'm a teacher and I'm That's teaching me. kids. Like, <laughs> like I go on, I go on the internet. I fi- try for funny stories, try to write stuff about the Yankees, whatever. And then you know, I do I do a bunch of other stuff for for Barstool as well. So, I that keeps me busy until about five or six o'clock. 
Um, and then on Wednesdays, we usually record the show. Um, and then I'm usually in bed till three. I'll go downstairs to eat something at three and then I'll stay downstairs. Um, and then from then on, I'm either playing MLB the show. I bought a PS4 like right before it was like dangerous to go like outside <laughs> and like people like I timed it so perfectly. It's probably the best decision. I'm 26 years old. I don't think I've made a better single decision than when I bought the PS4, the timing of that. Um, and then so that we have like a league that we play like with people at work um, or, I'm, you know, I don't know if you guys have a game, but I'm, I'm just playing that a bunch. Yeah. And then I'm watching random shows. I've been on a Blake Lively kick, like a big Blake Lively. <laughs> I uh, I rewatched Accepted, which is probably the most underrated movie of our time. Um, she's in a few other uh, Age of Adeline. I watched this movie three times already during the quarantine. No idea why. I watched it in full three times. <laughs> I just started Gossip Girl. I'm like eight episodes into that. That that, that show's awesome. But I'm on a Blake Lively kick. I'm a big movie guy. So like I, I watched Ozark a little bit. I got to finish that. But I'm doing a bunch of movies and TV shows to try and not completely lose my mind. But it's not really helping. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we've been doing too. Just watching The Office a million times over like I always do. And We've we've been playing literally MLB the show until eyes bleed. Like we yeah, actually um, started an unhealthy amount. Yeah, the we show. started a league uh, with Bronx Pinstripes. We did a whole March Madness tournament, and we thought we'd all we all be pretty good because we play so much. But then these kids that are like high school, like 15, 16, 17, those are like the prime time video game years, and they just smoked yeah. us. Everybody, yeah, we Bronx, got bounced pretty quick. Everyone from Bronx Pinstripes got bounced in, when the second round came around. So what I'm I don't know if this so there's the Diamond Dynasty thing. Yeah. I I realized that there are people who bought the game and then they spend like $2000 of their real money to get mm -hmm. all the diamond players. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. That shouldn't mm -hmm. be allowed. Yeah. And like people have every like I think I'm the only person in Diamond Dynasty who doesn't have Aaron Judge on his team. Every single person has Aaron Judge or Brett <laughs> I have I have none of those people. I have all the old, I don't know why I was my friend, uh, my coworker Frankie Brelli. He's like, "Why do you have all the people that are dead?" I think I have Babe Ruth, I've got Vita Blue. Oh, he's not dead, but I have Vita Blue, um, Willie Mays. I have all these old people. I don't know why. I don't have any of these young cool guys. It's ridiculous. Just I mean, terrible luck. You wouldn't believe us, but Murph over here, he packed. Yeah, my team. I didn't spend a dollar, but I packed Mount Mike Trout twice. <laughs> so my team is like kind of ridiculous. Um, I, I finished like Brian, the AL collections and everything. The best player I have on my team. It's insane. I don't want Brian Roberts. <laughs> I mean, we literally were on uh, PS4 in the live party, and Murph just goes, "Guys, I think I think I just packed Mike Trout," and we didn't believe him at all. But we saw the reaction video, and then literally a day later, I shit you not, he goes, "Oh my fucking god." Oh my god! I just did it again. I just did it again, and then I was like, "There's no way," because there's like two hundred and twenty thousand stubs. Kids message him online and say, "Like, yo, bro, how much yeah. did you spend on your team?" And he's like, you "Yeah, won't, some you won't kid asked me yesterday." <laughs> but that's pretty much been what we were doing, and then we actually just found. I'm not sure if you heard of this before, but it's called Out of the Park Simulation. There was an athletic article about it. It's literally like a really in-depth simulation on just any team you want to do like it's franchise mode uh -huh. and we like, you run the team you could do gm and manager so i did the yankees naturally and it's like just so in depth like you do every little move you demote people promote them like i put clark schmidt in the rotation i just uh -huh. like i had to sign dj to an extension and he was asking for <laughs> like 32 million dollars a year for seven years so i had to 
go back and forth with him. I ended up signing him for six to I think it was twenty eight. But that's fair. I'm like DJ. I don't think he cares about money. We've had this like long running theory. I don't. <laughs> he 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 likes. <clears throat> there's about five things DJ May who cares about in his life. His wife, his mm-hmm. uh, two dogs. Uh, I remember I used to know their names, but I don't anymore. They're they're two dogs. Um, his video games. He got he loves video games. He loves dip. And he loves baseball. I don't think he has actual, like, ever <laughs> real money, like, ever. You know how, like, um, young, like, NBA stars or NFL stars, they're like, oh, like, he immediately put away $50 million, like, it was a big contract, didn't touch it. Like, I feel like that's DJ. He hasn't just, he doesn't know what to buy. Like, he buys food. That's yeah, it. No, he I just buys food with his money. I, but I, I don't think that guy wants any type of a big contract. He's going to take a two-year deal, $30 million on top of it. He's going, like, okay. Does this seem fine? Okay, great. Then we can just move on. I can play more baseball. That's all DJ LeMayo cares about. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. I take that. <laughs> I take that too. But I mean, the Yankees on the other have the decision. I mean, there's so much shit that goes into this season if it ends up being a wash. We'll get into it later. We have a specific question for you about that. Yeah. But more about you. Uh, just how did you get started with Barstool? Like, how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, so um, I went to Syracuse, um, graduated 2016 uh, with a pretty terrible GPA, rather like nothing that's going to get me anywhere. We um, really screwed myself freshman year by just not really going to class because they were all morning classes and I just tanked my GPA from there. I was able to get up a little bit, like basically a three, but that's not, and I didn't know extracurriculars. Like I wasn't in Newhouse, which was, it's just obviously like where all the, you know, Marv, Al, Iron Eagle, all the main people through Syracuse go through. I didn't do that. I wasn't smart enough to get in there. So I really graduated with nothing. And, uh, um, I took the one job I, I was recommended to do this, uh, sales job, which was like pretty good starting salary out of college, like was going to help me and my mom. I was like, okay, I'll just take this. We'll run from here. It's a sports thing too. So I went and interviewed, seemed great. All smoke and mirrors, actually the worst <laughs> place you could ever be in your entire life. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it on anyone. My worst enemy to work there. You get, you get timed in the bathroom. What? Um, yeah, so you have to make 300 phone calls a day um, to random, uh, like, college football towns, college basketball towns, and they tell you that these people are interested in what we're selling, which is ad space and programs, whatever. Meanwhile, they're just random phone numbers that they found off, like, the, the phone book. So <clears throat> that's all a scam. Um, yes, yeah, so you can't go to the bathroom. It's from – it starts at – I want to say it's 8 to 5. So for the first hour you're there, you can't go to the bathroom. Excuse me. The last that I can't. This is so foggy. The well, last hour you're there, the you can't there. go to the bathroom, and then you have to go to lunch every day at noon, and then the half hour before noon you can't go to the bathroom, and the half hour after lunch you can't go to the bathroom. So you literally just can't go to the bathroom the whole time. <laughs> and when you are there, you can't be in there longer than seven minutes. It's insane. Is somebody the outside worst. the door like timing you? <laughs> so you have like pods, and you're like. There's two. There's two people who are like your age, like or newer to the program, and then there's a main person in the middle who's like a, year, a few years older, been there a while, like a veteran. She's the one who like, or he, he or she is the one who like keeps tabs on you and makes. She's like, why are you in the bathroom for ten minutes? I don't know, man. I was in the bathroom. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, this is this is prison you have me in, and we don't even have cell service in the bathroom. So I was clearly just like contemplating when five o'clock is going to hit so I can run out of here. I mean, it's just, I can go on and on about this place, but it's a big smoke and mirrors place. And it was terrible. It was good pay. But I, could, I stood there 
three months and it was in the city. So I'm commuting from Jersey too. So I'm taking a bus in and my back, I was just, it was the worst physical and mental situation I've ever been in my life. Like I just thought like, Oh, my life is just going to be this bad for this long. Like, I don't know where I'm going here. This is going to be terrible. Um, and I was also really bad at the job to like go on with it. So I like wasn't good at selling or anything. So anyways, three months in, um, this is in 2016. Uh, Barstool is what they were originally, which I guess is what we're kind of doing now because we're all working from home. But uh, they were New York City, they were DC, they were Chicago and Boston, and they had all people from all different places. And then they do all the Skype rundowns and all that. So, but they were all never together. They would only come together mm-hmm. probably four times a year to do videos and something special. Um, eventually, they hit the most they can do without um you no know, but you know they, they hit their capacity of what they can do by not being together so they got right. you know the investment from turn and all that and they moved to new york city all of them together so i see this i'm obviously a big barstool guy i've been, I've been following it you know for years and uh they were all doing their in, their their intern run in the summer but i'm not gonna stand out in that i'm not a laugh out loud funny guy i might make you laugh once a day one time like <laughs> for one day but i can't make you laugh continuously and uh i'm a five nine white 150 pound guy i don't stand out i'm the most like plain person there is like visually like besides me losing my hair but that's not very attractive um so i i didn't apply to be an intern because i just wasn't going to get it the way that they were looking for they would have turned me away in a second um plus it's very hard uh but keith markovich k marco the editor-in-chief he had just he was just originally a new york city writer now he became the editor-in-chief had all these responsibilities so i i was like huh he doesn't have an intern, but he's a lot of new sh- new stuff like on his on his plate here. He probably needs some help. So I emailed him this whole thing, poured my heart out, all that, and he actually emailed me back. And I was like, I'll never forget when I got the email back. Like, when can you come in for an interview? I called pretty much everyone I knew and was just like, <laughs> I can't believe this guy just emailed me back and told me like I have an interview here. So um, eventually, I left uh, the the job I was at. I left at like noon one day on a Friday. Um, and I actually remember they did Hawaiian Fridays, uh, to start off. And I remember, um, changing as I was walking from this place, which was in Midtown to go to Chelsea or whatever. And I was just changing into like a Hawaiian shirt and people looking at me on the street, probably like this guy's what's happening here. This guy's either homeless or he's going through a midlife crisis or or what. Um, but I eventually get in there and I, I interviewed and all that. And then he basically told me I was overqualified because he didn't honestly know what he wanted. He didn't even know if he wanted an intern. I basically told him he wanted an intern. Like he didn't, he wasn't looking for one. And right. he's like, overqualified. You went to Syracuse, all this. Like, like I have, I can't even pay you right now. Um, cause they just moved there. Uh, I said, like, I can't even promise to pay you, whatever. There's no promises at all. And honestly, I took it as like, you can't have anything worse than what I had right now at the sales job. So I was like, let's just, do this. We'll figure it out. Maybe they can pay for your bus pass every every month because it's a lot of money. And uh, and somehow maybe you, you you find luck here. So I did that. And eventually, I'm the one thing I'm really good at. I'm really really hardworking. So I, you know, whatever task he gave me, I was able to just do. And eventually, he gave me more and more and more. Trust me more. And let me write a little bit. I was originally a college football writer for them, um, but I honestly I only like college football to gamble on it. <laughs> I, I, I don't just I don't have a passion for it. So I have right. a passion for baseball, obviously in the Yankees, but at the time they had a Yankees guy 
who I believe is with Bronx. This is JJ, right? JJ's with Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With Bronx right, right, right. Um, so he was doing it, but he he was only doing it as like a hobby. Um, and uh, you know, he had a full time job elsewhere, and then eventually, um, so they let me write. I wrote once a week, I think, as a recap of like what the Yankees were doing eventually, and then he was doing his thing. But he couldn't do it consistently because he had this other job and he had his uh, fiance or wife. Or he had his wife at the time. Um, that eventually they were moving to Philly. Um, so he was just picking up his life and starting over and, you know, the kid and all that. So that really opened the door for me. Um, and I'm happy me and JJ have actually stayed relatively pretty good friends. I feel like throughout this whole process where it could have, could have gotten uneasy and all that. Cause me just becoming the Yankee guy and all that, yeah. but no, me and him are on pretty good terms here, but also like he was just at a different stage of his life where he just couldn't be doing this, you know, consistently. And, you know, he had, uh, his wife and, you know, future kid and all that. So it all worked out there. And then eventually started writing, uh, more and more, and then came on part time after I want to say like a year and uh, after six months, I finally started getting some sort of pay. I was getting nothing for six months, um, and then after a year part time, and then a year after that full time, and then the podcast started um, the beginning of 2018. Um, it was originally supposed to be me and Frankie Borelli, and then Tommy Smokes was going to be our producer, and then Frankie right. realized like. I have too much on my plate right now. Like I'm kind of doing four play already. This is before he even became full time on four play. And now he's a star with them. Um, right. So then Tommy became Tommy wasn't Tommy smokes at the time. He was just Tommy Spelly. He was my buddy at, at work. So he mm -hmm. became my co-host and it worked out from there. And then, and we added mush this year and, and all that. So that's basically the too long. Don't read version of, uh, of how I started here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, just looking from afar, it looks like a great time over there. And honestly, anything's better than, with the, what you just described at your other job. I mean, the only yeah. worst thing that I can think of when you were saying that is, I mean, just imagine being the person who's timing somebody to go to the bathroom. That's a worse job than you had. Cause, I mean, at least you get to go in the bathroom and hide away. That person's outside with a stopwatch, whatever the fuck they're doing. Bro, there was <laughs> someone there, my first, um, like, superior person, sweetheart of a lady. Um, but um, every day, I would after the three months had hit and I was like, I can't be anymore, I would look at her and be like, how are you? She's been doing this since 9-11. Like, since 2001, she's been doing this job. Oh, my God. I don't know how you can possibly, unless, like, her commissions are just so, so through the roof. Yeah. I don't I understand it. And uh, I just, I, I don't know. That That's still, like, I'll see people there. I still follow them on Instagram because <laughs> I, like, kind of, like, fun. Like, I see people, <laughs> oh, work happy hour. I'm like, you guys all either don't know what you're getting into right now, like the new hires. Or you're just so miserable, and this is like the only time you've been outside of the office in like months. But it is it brings joy to me to like see the people that I did not like there. I did like a lot of people, but there were a few people I didn't like, and I just I don't wish good things to them. It's not good people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for so sure. So, uh, oh my bad. So, Hubs, you're a Syracuse guy. What do you think of Joe Girard? Joe Girard's awesome. Wish he had a different name because when I tweet about him, people think I'm tweeting yeah. about Joe Girardi. <laughs> Joe Girardi. Get really confused, <laughs> like the first Me? time. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, Joe was the quarterback on my high school football team. So oh, I saw oh. you tweet about him a couple of times. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of cool. I mean, he's if he stays and he should. There's no reason he should move on. Yeah, I'm sure. He'll uh, stay. But if he's there all four years, his senior year, he's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. like For I'm sure. talking like like McNamara, unbelievable. Like for like yeah. how how popular he can get at that school. You saw flashes his freshman year. And, he, you know, you also saw flashes. You saw parts where he's completely overwhelmed, you know, because he's, he's a right, little yeah. – you know, 
But when he gets cooking, he's awesome. Like he's yeah, everything no. you want. Like a he's a six foot Jimmer Fredette. Like he's a mini Jimmer. <laughs> So oh, speaking of the devil, I mean, a little thing. What? You're Glen Falls? Yeah, yeah. Glen Falls. My buddy uh, Marty is from that area, actually. That's funny. Oh, really? Really? I mean, yeah, Marty Zavica. I doubt you know who that is. No, I don't think so. That's a good thing. You don't want to know. <laughs> I mean, that's just a little thing about Murph. Murph is just like every, he just speaks forever about like, oh, did you know that when Jimmer went to my high school? There was lines around the block going to his games and stuff. And then he's like, oh, oh, Glenn's Falls guy. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, who else went to? Jim Murphy played high school, I would say, but I would talk about it pretty much every day, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, so obviously you guys are doing the short porch, and obviously we've, we've been watching, watching, listening sorry, <laughs> for a while. Uh, who's your favorite guest you've had on? Because you just had Sterling on there. God, he's just the best. I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. The stories he has. So, who's the favorite that you've had on? Sterling's Sterling's probably our best. We've had him on twice now, uh, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. So, Tommy, the funny story there. Uh, so, Tommy used to uh, go to Fordham. Yeah, he's from Fordham, and they have a whole radio program there. Tommy would he would have access, I believe, to the clubhouse sometimes, and he would sit in the press box. Uh, it'd be funny. I'd be sitting in the stands as like a fan, and I'd see him in his like lime green shirt sitting next to nobody and i'd be like heckling him from the from like this <laughs> um but sterling is funny because so tommy has his number from like the old days so last year we're down in spring training for the first time and we're like we have a few guys lined up and we're like you want to give sterling a call and we just called him like, <laughs> he, he's like hey john like i used to know you for this and this like we'd love to interview you like could we potentially do this like, sure come by like my hotel in, in like three o'clock or whatever like uh, okay, and then we just did the same thing this year. He doesn't remember us either time, but he has a great time every time. At the end, he's like, "I really like that. Like, I really appreciate that." What is this for? And he says, "No idea." <laughs> but, but he's the best. His voice like can just pick you up, and like it's like, oh yeah, so soothing. Like I wish he could just commentate my life. Like at all times, I could <laughs> yeah. just like at night I sit in bed and I just listen to John Sterling talk about my whole life, my whole day. Um. My favorite guest, though, had a lot. Ruko's real. Ruko's our boy. Love Ruko. Mm-hmm. Um, our white whale for a while was Luke Voigt because uh, we wanted to get him last spring training. It didn't work out timing wise because you're only there a few days and people have family right. coming out. Um, but we were able to get Luke in the studio last year. That was incredible. Um, he's just the best. Um, so we're looking for. Maybe we'll get him again while he's doing nothing in quarantine. Who knows? <laughs> right. uh, if I had to pick a favorite guest. I, get, I mean, it's tough to not say Sterling. The first Sterling interview was just so, like, such a bucket list. Like, yeah, I'd be where starstruck. Am I? I am literally sitting one foot away from John <laughs> Sterling. We're just having a conversation for 40 minutes, and he's telling all these stories. And then he compliments us at the end. Like, it's got to be him. Obviously, if I go player, um, Talkman's always so good with us. Um, Talkman's so, like, meticulous the way he answers things. You ask him a question. And he'll literally mm-hmm. sit there as if you didn't ask it to him. He kind of just stares at you for 10 seconds, but he's really just processing what <laughs> to say. And he's very, like, um, articulate in the way he, he just thinks everything through. So, like, it's always inter- – the second time we interview him, we, we expect it. The first time, it's like, what's happening here? What's happening here? And I'll say, <laughs> okay, great. Now he's answering the question. That's fine. Um, Ford is the man because um, when we went down the spring training the first time last year – we were hanging out in this area called the Dugout Club, which is basically the legends area of spring training. 
Mm -hmm. So air conditioned, all that. And that day it was like 100 degrees. So Marty and Tommy were passing out. And Ford kind of just hits me up. He goes, yo, where are you guys at? It's right before the game, like 40 minutes before. I was like, oh, the dugout club. And Ford just comes down and starts hanging out with us for like 10 minutes, introducing <laughs> himself. And all that. So that's like really, like, that's very cool. And like, at the time, he's pretty much a nobody, not to like insult him, but he, he'd agree right. with that at the time. He's not even a major league player, but like, he's the guy who just hits a ton of home runs in AAA um, right. and have a spot up here because Greg Bird is still a thing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> But now, like, he's right in the mix. You know, he had the walk-off home run last year. He had, what, 12 home runs. And, you know, people want him to even start sometimes. So yeah. it's cool to see his, like, come up because he – me and our trajectories – I mean, granted, baseball player and what I am at, way different. But, like, <laughs> it, it's cool to see where we're both at and now where we're at. So yeah. I like I love four and I always have a little soft spot for him. For yeah, sure. for sure. I mean, it seems like a lot of fun with all these guys. Hopefully we can get some guys on too. Uh, we – I mean, you're you're probably one of our bigger names that we got on so far. We actually just started in uh, uh, August of this year, so we've been growing pretty cool. fast. And then joined uh, Bronx Pinstripes recently, so hopefully we keep this thing going a lot further. So if you want to get into some just current events, sort of baseball conversation, uh, yeah, because obviously there's a lot of sh- shit going around. Nobody knows anything about what's what's about to happen. But for the time being, the MLB has just come out and said some of the guidelines that might happen with like the seven inning scenario for double headers and stuff like that. So in terms of the way it's going to play out, like what do you think the ideal scenario for you would be like how it all would play out? I'm going to, I'm a, I live my life as a pessimist generally because, and like pretty much expect the worst. Uh, that way, if anything positive happens, it's a great surprise. So, yeah. <laughs> um, go up to the girl, ask her to buy a drink. If she throws it, I expect her to throw it in my face. If she doesn't, <laughs> Great. We're all we're, we're already on the up and up there. You know, so you live your life like that. So right. I'm living my life under the assumption that we're not going to have baseball. Um, and honestly, I don't even think that's a pessimistic look. I think yeah. it's pretty like, I mean, just look at the like, I think a couple, I don't know what the expected numbers are now, but um, I think a couple days ago from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. in New York City, an average of 10 people died from coronavirus. Doesn't sound like something where like baseball gets played soon when you have like that going out. Yeah. Um, and you know, the United States has basically become the new China with this. New York City is mm-hmm. basically the new Wuhan. I don't like hearing those things, but they're not they're not wrong. So this thing right. is it's bad. It's a bad. It's a bad man pajama. I, I I don't like it one bit. It's ruined my life for the most part. Um, if I were to say a best case scenario, considering I guess it's still, you know, I guess we're still only three days into the, the regular season where it should be. I would say best case scenario is we play in July with no fans. They do some sort of shortened season. It goes into um, October. November is all the playoffs in like remote cities and all that. I think that's the best case. I just can't see them starting sooner. And I, I, I just, there's no way I think that the United States can get better enough. Because a vaccine is not going to happen for months, if not mm-hmm. a full year. Like the way this stuff has to get approved. So I think we're looking at no fans. I just can't see it, how, how they would possibly get to a point where fans can be allowed to – I don't even know when next time I'm going to be able to go to a bar is, never mind like a yeah, baseball game. Right, exactly. So like honestly, like when do we know that it's good enough that – and they also said that it could go away in the summer with the heat and, and come back come in back. the fall. Yeah. That, that's bad for football and never mind baseball. So – I don't know. I think the best case scenario, and it's like a slim case, is is July with no fans, and then we figure out from there. You know, double headers. Sure, we can. Sc- I've always said that 
there should just be scheduled doubleheaders like there were in the past. I think those are fun. Obviously, we'd be doing way more of those. Uh, but I think like once a month, when when like everything gets normal again, one month doubleheaders would be cool. I think which is a schedule like you you could just go and you see two baseball games like and you just know, like I think that's fun. But that at least cool. in the old days. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's not great. It's not great. Um, and maybe the seven inning doubleheaders. I don't think players would like that because they would screw with their stats a little bit. They want nine inning yep. games, seven inning games. Yeah. Um, Pitching too. Yeah, pitching. So, I mean, and if they come back, obviously rosters would have to be fully expanded, I feel like, the whole right. way. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, the whole 40, man. I don't. And also, if they come back and, like, this is all new, like, you know, we'd be playing more games. Who knows even if three-game series would still be a thing. They've said that, like, maybe yeah. less ser- less game series, two-game series would be better for travel. Um, mm. But the, the three-battle rule is still a thing that people have to get adjusted to. That, like, would just be – they would if, – if they – Still went with that rule this year, given everything we're going through. That's messed right. up. And yeah. push to a year where we have a full year to think about that. Don't don't give me the shortened season. Oh yeah, and also like that guy's gonna stay out there for three batters. Relax, Rob. Yeah. Man. Don't the breaks a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> there comes That's a point where just... yeah, everything that you had planned isn't gonna actually be going into action like that. I mean, it's just weird how with. I mean, they also wanted to like work around and try and change some rules. Like, I know they always talked about shortening the season. So if they do get some games in, maybe this is an opportunity to test things out like that and then possibly stick with it. I personally don't want to shorten the season. I like as, as much baseball games as I can get. But yeah. with the seven-inning scenario and stuff like that, like, how do you think that – do you think that helps or hinders the Yankees? Because, I mean, I know some players don't want to see it. You hear texts coming out saying that players aren't going to like that. But at the same time – Jeff Passan is saying, like, I mean, it's, he said like it's going to be like prorated salaries and stuff like that. So the more games, the better. They make more money. But in terms of the Yankees, do you think it helps or hinders them? Well, this whole thing, if they were to play a season, helps them for sure because Aaron Judge is going to be healthy, you would think. John right. Carlos is already healthy right now. I feel like he would have played by now. Yeah. Um, uh, Paxton is not going to miss any, any time. And Aaron Hicks is just going to probably <laughs> miss like a, a month if they come back in July. Like yeah. he'll just be like the best time surgery ever for him um and uh so it definitely helps them um it the only thing would probably well domingo obviously but he's a bad guy so like i don't really feel bad like he, he messed up like he did his like he almost deserves to miss the whole season rather than you know come back you know so his 80 right. games his, his suspension won't start until they come back whatever um it's the last of my concerns is domingo Herman. Like, yeah. don't do what you do um I guess it screws them on the DJ LeMahieu side because he's just going to be a free agent if they miss the whole year. Yeah, that can mm-hmm. be really tricky. Um, I just want to give him a lifetime extension, but uh, that's just me uh, or ownership or whatever he wants to do. <laughs> well, if he's uh, asking, would you pay him like for the scenario that was happening in the simulation? He was asking for thirty-three million dollars a year for seven. Would you give him that? I mean, he's just not asking for thirty. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, with that scenario. <laughs> If he wrote down a number, I wouldn't say no. Okay, I mean, you look at these some some of these contracts, and it's not my money. It's true. It's true. That's true. No, for sure. I mean, I ended up signing him, but I was able to get him down. I don't think DJ, like you said, I don't think DJ cares about money. But how old is he? He's what? He's thirty-one. Almost. Almost thirty-two. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Oh, thirty-one. Okay, that's yeah, thirty-one. Yeah, thirty-four. I would give him four years. 60 million would he say no to that what he what he say i don't know maybe he likes the the years he wanted to go up to four for 80 i wouldn't say no to that either yeah 
He's just like he's not a power hitter. He's a guy who just he's just gonna hit forever. That guy will never yeah, yeah. forget how to hit. He's a you know sure his fielding might go down eventually, but not right he's now. Um, yeah, I mean I think four for eighty for that guy. You you don't want to lose DJ Lemayhu. He's yeah. so perfect for the team, and he also like he brings that like Jeter esque like business attitude that maybe they've got away from a little bit. Obviously, Judge has it, but. I don't know. I feel like, you know, there's a younger yeah. crop for sure. And like the Glabers and all that, not to say they're not like, those aren't guys you don't want. You, you'd love to have the Glaber tours of the world, but you always like that. There's the DJ LeMay, the calming presence, the guy who's never going to be rattled. Um, right. Just head down uh, when you hit a home run. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. Like that's a guy you want on your team. So I'd go four for 80 there. And I, I, in terms of the seven inning games, I can't see how it would hurt them because yeah. they've never been a team. Obviously Garrett Cole helps. But no Severino, so the rotation goes down a little bit from there. So now you only need four innings from a starting pitcher, and then you just go into your bullpen from there, and it's like basically they went seven or six innings. So I can't see how that hurts them. Well, that's the thing. It's tricky. Like, how would you manage a seven-inning game? Do you have your starter go seven, a complete seven innings? Do you go to the bullpen in the fifth? Do you, like, do, you do a bullpen day in the second game? That's the thing that's tricky for me about the yeah. seven inning ideally, thing. Ideally, you give the ball to that number that number forty five guy, and he just goes <laughs> seven uh, perfect innings, and then game's over. So, like, what? If, let's say you give the ball to that forty five guy. Like, play seven, <laughs> play seven innings. What if he just went fourteen innings on both games that day? I don't know if they just piggybacked the games. That'd be crazy. Imagine. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're all going to be in very unexpected territory. Yeah, uh, but granted, I do trust the Yankees analytics and Boone and Matt Blake for making the right calls with all that. You look at a team with the Astros and Dusty Baker and you give him those new rules. I have no idea what he's going to do. Yeah. He's going to crumble. Sure. He's going to crumble when he sees that. His guy's been, he played for 19 yeah, years, no coached for another 20, whatever the hell it is. He's, he's got yeah, his system I, down. Yeah. They're in trouble. I trust that our new age technology and analytics they're going to make the right call. They're going to figure out. I mean, it's going to be an adjustment period if they yeah. do have a seat. And I'm sure like the first couple of weeks will be chaos. Yeah. Um, but oh, uh, absolutely. eventually I trust this team to figure it out. Yeah. I'm just so interested to see like when they expand the rosters now, maybe Clark Schmidt and Debbie crack the roster and then they end up seeing some time and then we can maybe just, I mean, we get a look at them earlier rather than we would have before. So it's just really weird to see how they're going to manage everything and all that sort of thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, 100%. I'm a big Schmidt guy. Uh, we had him on the pod. He's he's the best. Uh, I really believe in everything he's got going. Him and King. I like King a lot. Obviously, Debbie, mm-hmm. too. Uh, those are three really good young guys who, yeah. if it was a full 162-game season, they would have impacted – they would all impacted this season without a doubt. Um, so, yeah, a little bummed about the, that because I thought really Schmidt did have a chance despite not being on the 40 man. I don't really think they gave a damn. I think that he might have actually been the number five guy. I know Loisigo had a really good spring. Yeah. I still think he's, he's meant to be a reliever. I still see him as like a flame-throwing seventh-inning, eighth-inning guy, maybe even a closer down the road. But I just think his stuff plays out much better for that. But he was striking out literally everyone in spring training. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe he did have the, the leg up there. But I think they're really, really impressed with what Clark did last year and what he's still showing now. Um, and I think they – like, you just talk to the guy. And he honestly – Tommy mentioned this kind of as a joke, but we called him like mini Garrett Cole. But he honestly like comes off to you as like a mini, like a just they're built like the same way. Maybe Cole's a little more Roger Clemensy in terms of his attitude, and Schmidt's a little more laid back. But I mean that's fine. Personality doesn't really dictate too much. But just their repertoires and their 
their physical makeup. He just he looks all a part of a top of line Yankee starting pitcher down the road. I'm really excited about Clark Schmidt. Yeah, and I mean Garrett Cole took him under his wing too. So we talked about that and how the impact Garrett Cole will have, not not only on the bump, like he's gonna with this entire Yankee pitching staff and like all the prospects we have. We have we talk about the four Luises we have: Severino, Luis Gill, Luis Medina, and all them. Like all these guys are so young; they're like 22 years old. And then Garrett Cole is just gonna coach all these guys up, and who knows the impact he's gonna have? That's just not only pitching, but taking them under their wing, and specifically Clark Schmidt. He took under his wing, too, and he's just, like, kind of making fun of him. I know you guys talked about that on your pod and stuff, but it's just really cool to see what Garrett Cole's impact will be aside from pitching. Yeah, you never want to be the guy in the clubhouse who Cole isn't making fun of because yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where if he's go- they were saying, like, if, you- if he's going at you and choking with you, like, it's not, like, ill-willed. Like, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. hate you. He's-, yeah. he's just with the team for the first month. He's clearly just messing around with you and he likes you and all that. Um uh, so uh, he was doing that. Yeah, he was messing with uh, Schmidt and King a little bit because they like to roll up their pants when they do stretches. <laughs> yeah. But they don't they don't like their knees to get wet. And he was just freaking out because I think Schmidt <laughs> was wearing low cut socks and he was just he was just calling them like uh, Gen Z and all that. It's just that's <laughs> like you, that's what you like to hear like that. Garrett Cole is coming in here. Sure. You paid him, you know, half of what Fort Knox has and all that. <laughs> you know, he comes in here with this, you know, um, label as like the best he's just had one of the best pitching seasons ever you know he could easily be a cocky you know um you know ass to all these people but it seems like he's really like just taking everyone under his wing doing the right things being that leader in the clubhouse you know for the pitching staff at least i know you know they don't really cross over much the pitchers stay where they are and the hitters stay where they are from my understanding but um you know he's really taking everyone under his wing and teaching him all these things and you know who, who knows? I, I really wanted to see it. Him with Matt Blake, the combination of those two minds adding to this pitching staff, I really, really, really am interested to see what they do because I think Blake is a genius as, as much as Cole is. Yeah, for sure. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props, entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Yeah, I can't wait to see. Just If we have baseball, obviously, I'm starting getting more pessimistic like you are by the day, but... It's just not looking good. But in terms of a shortened season, I know Moas came out and said the 60-game season doesn't really carry as much weight as anything, as if there will be an asterisk next to it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I have opinions on that, but what do you think? All I know is that if the Red Sox won a 60-game season know, yeah. in World Series, they would shove it down our throats every single day. Uh, so I will, I would do the exact same thing. I would treat it like a World Series. I know, sure, it'd probably be a little, you know, there'd be a little less, but at the end of the day, the playoffs would probably be more teams. Yeah. I would think think that's part of the plan. So it'd almost be harder because there's more teams, and it'd still be probably seven game series. So it's not like the playoffs are going to be short; it's just a regular season. So I don't know. I, I I think if you beat the Astros in the ALCS in a seven game series, and then you take down the Dodgers. I think it's still pretty impressive, and you can call it a World Series championship. Yeah, exactly. And then, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I if mean, you win eleven games in October. 
you win the World Series. And in this case, maybe it's in December, or maybe it's more than 11 games, but the, whatever. But if you win Christmas. playoff games, <laughs> it's it's a World Series regardless. Yeah. But whoever wins, yeah. no matter if it's the Yankees or not, whoever wins is going to say it counts, and every other team in the league, every other fan in the league is going to say it's an asterisk, no matter who wins. Yeah, you have to... Living under the impression like, oh, I don't want to win the win. I don't want to win this championship here. Like, no, do not ever think that. Like, <laughs> exactly. win every championship you can possibly get. You have Garrett Cole on your team for only so many years of your life. You better root for these. Like, you know, this is. I don't know how long I'm going to live. By the way, I'm eating during this quarantine. It's not very long, <laughs> but I, this is going to be one of the better teams assembled for my entire life as a Yankee fan. I feel like so I'm going to cherish it every single hour of every single day. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's just so weird because, you. I mean, look at a team like the Mets. We always make fun of, but like, they are usually in the race around midway through the year for the wild card and stuff like that. So the te- like, there are going to be so many teams. I mean, midway through the season, you see the the margin of the wild card is always about like a game out, and there's like seven teams in the race. So that's going to be yeah. exciting as fuck for me. I mean, just seeing that because. Right now, where I'm at, I, I see probably, I mean, obviously this makes no fucking sense, but I it could be around a 100-game season I'm hoping for because the, the way that Jeff Passan and them are all saying the doubleheaders. Yeah. But if obviously no one knows. but Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, no, you're definitely right. Um, and I have, so I live with three roommates, and they're all, one of them cares about the Yankees. One, one of them is a baseball guy. The other two are just diehard Jets fans, and they only think football is, like, really the only thing that matters. Like, they don't really care much about baseball. And we were talking about it, and we we're like, the potential for fall here is crazy. Yeah. Because if you come back, you're, you're looking at, um, well, I don't know how long, let's say July, August, and on. You're looking at a very important, you know, every game in baseball is going to be so important. Those games, every, like, it's going to be crazy. It's no longer 162 game season. It'll be much shortened. The, the value in every game is increased exponentially. Then you're looking at the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, college football starting up, and the NFL. If, if the world can somehow fix itself and we get that, that's awesome. And they, his whole argument was like, no one cares about baseball. Everyone's just going to watch the basketball playoffs every night. I'm like, you're wrong. Like, you're just wrong. Yeah. Like, everyone is going to watch. Like, baseball is going to be so popular because every game is going to be so crazy and important. And honestly, like, if you take any sport for granted after this shit, then yeah. fuck. Because I, like, I'm even <laughs> – huge tennis guy so like i mean like i think people are gonna start appreciating tennis more because if that's on tv people are gonna watch it because this sucks right now okay <laughs> this is nothing i'm watching like if i want to watch anything i gotta go on a japanese like ping pong stream online <laughs> to watch any sniffling of a sport so you better appreciate everything that's on the television when we come back because this stinks and i don't want this again <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking for anything to watch. And we're literally, we were going to simulate the opening day and just live stream it, us watching it, because just to get some like, ounce of baseball back. And that's why I'm doing yeah. the fucking franchise, because just give me something. But, I mean, Japan League's happening too right now. I saw Tyler Austin's out there, so he's yeah, doing good. He had a home I run, so. I on him originally because I was like, oh, I feel bad. Like, he has no place in baseball anymore. Realized, oh, he's probably the, the only one playing right now. This is the only place so, yeah, in baseball right now. Yeah, that's wild. But uh, in terms of, like, the service time and stuff like that, too, like we got into it a little bit before, but if the season doesn't happen, which would obviously fucking suck, then the article that we read, I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw, you probably have, but it uh, basically says that if the season doesn't happen, then the year just progresses as normal. Like, a, like the contracts will just be, all be up, So which means that Tanaka, Paxton, and DJ will all be free agents. So, 
with that being said, how would you handle that? I know you said you wanted to obviously get DJ back, but I feel like Tanaka and Paxton are, I mean, I'll just let you answer the question. <laughs> yeah, it's DJ for sure. Bring back yeah. at all costs. I think they'll choose one of Tanaka and Paxton if that's the case. And that's I think that I was, was always plan because considering the arms that we mentioned of the guys who can impact the team next year. Now, obviously, the perfect plan would be that Debbie gets a full season in AAA or, you know, breaks the major league. You know, he pitches a little bit here. Schmidt, too. And you can see these guys. It's a little more complicated when we just zoom past another year and don't see them. And, and then we have to make a decision there. But that could be what we're at. If that were the case, I'd probably go with Tanaka. I'd keep yeah. Tanaka, and it probably would cost a little less than Paxton based off potential there. But Paxton's just always hurt. Like, it's yeah, just he's... it's always something with him. I just don't see how they commit to Paxton over Tanaka, especially what Tanaka's given to them. I mean, it doesn't matter. We always say, who cares about Paxton? I mean, sorry, about Tanaka pitching against the Royals in July. He don't care. He's, he's probably, like, <laughs> drunk during those games. But you give him the ball in September, in the middle of a pennant race, or in October, that man's going to throw you a one-hit shutout. Like, that's how – like, he just locks in for those moments and for those reasons. And his health, unless he's running the bases, um, <laughs> or his CL, which hangs by a string that no one really talks about anymore, yeah. but it just hangs by a string. But, I mean, you just got to – I think you got to bring back Tanaka there, and then you move on from Paxton, and then uh, and then you're, you know, you're, you're promoting – one of Sch probably Schmidt, I would think it would be yeah. um, at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you go up from there. And, you know, we have guys aside from King Schmidt and Garcia. You know, uh, Gill and and, uh, Medina. and Medina and all these. You know, they have all these guys. They have big time arms, like potentially uh, to make an impact, a big impact here, not just like bottom of the rotation guys too. Mm -hmm. So um, and Loisaga, if he wants to be a starting pitcher, we have to ask him and sit him down what he wants to do. But. Uh, yeah, I, I think they'd keep Tanaka in that situation, and even though he's a, he's a little older, but I uh, I think you move on from Paxton there. Um, I'm I'd be more pissed about like could the Red Sox potentially just bring back Mookie without and you know <laughs> they trade him away and they bring him like how can that actually happen where you just fuck the Dodgers over that much? It just seems like it can't happen. No, there's no way if the that Red happens. Sox get they just get Verdugo and Jeter Downs for nothing, and then just get yeah like that's it's almost like the um, it's a cheating way of what Cashman did with uh, Glaber and Chapman. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but you, but instead, like you just didn't have to wait. You know, you didn't have to spend time without Chapman. You could just get him right. back. Yeah, maybe. that's bullshit. So uh, that makes me think almost that the Dodgers would just give him a shit ton of money and be like, we can't possibly like look this bad on the trade. It's not even we want Mookie that bad. It's that right. we just. We have to save face here. We can't just lose Mookie Betts after trading away Verdugo <laughs> and Peter Dow. Like we just can't right. have that. Happen. And the and the other pitcher, uh, uh, Gruzdar Bradazal, whatever the hell that guy's name is. The other, oh, I thought he was. Done. I thought he didn't end up going through the trade because he was hurt or something. He ended up going somewhere though. Oh he was no, a Twins guy. Angels. Yeah, because that that made Jock Peterson stay with the Dodgers. Because the, I lost track of the trade. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Regardless. You can't lose Mookie. I feel like they just give him $400 million and be like, okay, just stay here and just be good. <laughs> yeah. He's otherwise going fucked. So, but in terms of, yeah, it does screw up a lot of things. I'm sure outside of our bubble, you know, the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, I'm sure there's other teams that get really screwed too with things that mm -hmm. we're not like, that aren't on our radar. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, that part is very messed up. And it's honestly, there's no way around it. Like, 
what are you going to do? Not pay these guys for a year? Like, how does that work? You know, that it, it, the MLBPA is going to step in here. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's a lot of really weird things that need to get sorted out, and I don't know. I don't know what they do, to be honest. But yeah. That would be my They mentioned in the article that the way they would – if the season weren't – like, was not going to happen, they would – at, at least for the first two months, have a stipend of like $170 million across the whole MLB to pay players. And then af- thereafter, I think it would be, Murph, wasn't it based on last year's salary or what was it? So if so they already paid $170 million across the MLB to players divvied up however it worked out. I'm not sure. And then if they play games, then they get money based off how many games they play. And if there's no season, then they get their salary or contract based on – their service from 2019 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Very yeah, I don't know. Very confusing. I mean, it's yeah, like, it's, like well, you can't fault them either. Like, I don't know what the hell I would do if I was faced with the decision to, to make this call. Like, there's no right answer. There's not. This is mm-hmm. a, such something we've never even yeah. anticipated or predicted would have ever happened. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so speaking of, like, crazy shit that we're going to have to start dealing with. I know they were talking about, like, neutral site playoff games and neutral site games and stuff like that. If you had to pick one of those places to play a neutral site game, where where would you pick? Like, where would we uh, do the takeover at? Because, I mean, there's I mean, most – got to think about the teams that aren't going to be in it. So, the teams with domes, too. So, because it's going to be played in, like, December and whatever. So, teams like, I don't know, the Rays come to mind, the Astros, we could <laughs> get games going over there if we played – I mean, they would also be in the playoffs, so that's weird how it works. I mean, if you could pick one neutral site playoff game to take over for all Yankees games, because, I mean, the Yankees personally, we probably aren't even going to be able to have games played in New York regardless anytime. So, right. I don't know. It's just like we're literally like Wuhan. So, <laughs> if you had to pick. Well, I'll tell you this. It's not the Trop. No. Uh, we're not playing. I don't want to play the fucking Trop. <laughs> I hate that place. <laughs> and all the players hate that place. No one wants to play. The place was built. For a circus, not baseball. No yeah. one's playing with catwalks and the power goes out yeah. after three minutes. <laughs> I'm not playing with Trop. It's the la- I'd rather play on a cruise ship. I'd rather play on a cruise ship than the Trop. Okay, <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, it could be why. I mean, it would be hilarious to play their home games at Camden Yards for the regular season. That'd be unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I guess realistically, if they can't play at Yankee Stadium, they play at GMS out of Tampa, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but in terms of I had to pick, I actually wrote this blog a couple days ago of where I'd pick um, a neutral site World Series game. And uh, you have to rattle, you know, you have to cross off a few things. So I don't think they obviously all, it has to be like some sort of retractable roof or something because you have to, you yeah. know, play inside unless you're playing down in Miami. But that already is one. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think you could play the West Coast, even though those are nice stadiums there and good weather. But because you can't have a World Series starting 10 o'clock and you're trying to get the most audience there. So you can't start it at, you know, seven for us. Cause it's four o'clock mm-hmm. there. It just doesn't work West coast. Um, I don't, I, I guess. So that leaves you with minute made park. I don't see them. I don't see the Astros, uh, having, uh, the, the biggest cheating scandal in baseball history and then getting rewarded with yeah. the world series site. That just doesn't seem like, uh, the dots connect that way. Uh, and mm-hmm. we reward them with that. So I don't, so fuck them. Um, so I think it really leaves you with, um, uh, Globe Life Field, the new Texas field, uh, mm-hmm. Miami, uh, Miami Park, I think it's what it's called, and then uh, Miller Park up uh, in Milwaukee. Yeah. I think there's three options for you, and I, I think they'd probably lean towards Miami, but 
I would give it to Globe Life Field. That, that stadium looks gorgeous. It's in Texas. It's more spread out there right now. Corona isn't like a big thing there right now because mm-hmm. um, it's very spread out and all that. Um, I don't know. I, I would go Globe Life Field. I feel like they would maybe lean that way because it's the new stadium because that's kind of what um, the NFL does. If you build a new stadium, yeah. like have to have the Super Bowl in five years or something like that. So maybe they'd go mm-hmm. the same route there. Um, so I think it would probably either be Miami or or Globe Life Field and we make it work from there. Yeah. I was just thinking in terms of, I mean, obviously for World Series, it picked that, but um, just in terms of how the season could go about, like I, I would be interested to see if they did just like play all the games in the spring training facilities so that it's less travel and just maybe just everybody goes to Florida or Arizona or wherever you want to do because then you can just do easy travel and play a shit ton of doubleheaders like they would do in spring training. Uh, I mean, obviously later on down the road, if you need a retractable route, you're probably going to have to go with one of those stadiums, but... Right. Yeah, I think especially with no fans. If the, if if it yeah. comes out where there could be there there can't be any fans, then I think it's the most feasible to do that. Like, yeah. where why would we go play if it's just you know it's the same dimensions and all that? Like, why wouldn't you just play in where everyone's close to each other rather than have to travel and all this? So that honestly might be the plan. Yeah. So that's then a bunch bad. of a bunch of players like you can end up having a game against the Braves one morning and then you end up playing the. Uh, like the athletics later on that day when you never would ever be able to do that yeah. otherwise. So it's just a wild scenario, but I think that could work out too. But yeah, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so with obviously opening day just passed by and it was a very sad day for everybody. Uh, I know the MLB did like the live stream games. Did you, did you tune into that or what did you do for that? Yeah, I watched, um, my favorite non-Yankees game ever, which was game six of the 2011 uh, World Series, Rangers and uh, Cardinals, the David Freese game. Yeah. That game is, that game is, un- like, I literally, I have to get, like, hooked up to, like, an IV to, like, pump, like, <laughs> stuff. It made just smash so my heart doesn't explode, like, for that game. It's, like, the ups and downs of that game. And then they're down to two strikes twice, uh, uh, down to the last strike twice with Berkman and Freese. And they both just come up with the big hits and then Freese walks it off and, Whatever. I had to watch that game. And then uh, I had my TV on MLB Network all day. So it was cycling through the Jeter's first home run game and all that. And it's fun seeing David Cohn pitch. Um, and then we did a short porch periscope uh, for um, the 03 Game 7, the Aaron Boone game. So that was cool seeing that. We did like eighth inning on. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of watching like sp- um, sports events that I know the results to. I guess, like, there's exceptions, obviously, but yeah. I don't know. My buddy, like, you know, ESPN was showing, like, all great NBA games all week, like, last week and college basketball games. Like, I don't know. I I know the results. Like, it doesn't, like, woo me. And it's, yeah, it's not the like, same. I'd rather watch a movie than watch uh, Austin Rivers' step back three <laughs> against UFC. Like, I don't know. I just, knowing the result doesn't really do much for me. But um, I watched a few games as much as I could. I don't know how much more I could watch. I don't think I can do the MLB The Show thing where, you know, like, the simulated games and all that. I don't know. I, I just can't – I can't fake my heart into rooting yeah. for a video game, like, simulation. Like, <laughs> that's rock bottom for me. So, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I'm just going to watch Gossip Girl instead of that shit. But um, <laughs> um, I never thought I'd possibly say that sentence out loud. <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> but here we are. It's a good show. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's – I watched a few games uh, on that opening day thing. Yeah, I know we were we were. I was also doing the same thing, not really trying to watch any of that, like you said, because the outcome is already known. So what the fuck is the point? It's just not the same as opening day. It's a nice attempt to try for the MLB. I mean, 
probably the only thing yeah. they could do. But I actually didn't really – obviously, I knew about the whole uh, four days in October thing where we got like, – they came – the Red Sox came back and everything like that. But we have a Red Sox fan friend. His uh, name is Matt. He's like, oh, look at the game was on right now. It's the, the uh, ALCS against the Sox. I was like, okay, cool. And then we ended up watching it together. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I don't really care. I don't want to watch this. So I ended up turning it off. But then Murph over here, what did you do after that? <laughs> yeah, I watched the whole thing. So, like, I mean, when that happened, I was in probably first grade. So I just don't really remember everything. And uh, so I just kind of watched it. And it was cool at first because you're seeing, like, you know, who's hitting. You're seeing, like, Jeter and, and A-Rod and those guys. And then um, all of a sudden, the Red Sox came back. And, like, I just felt like I was watching a horror movie. And I knew the <laughs> ending and everything. And there was, I don't know. Some people listen to sad songs when they're depressed about being quarantined. And I just watched that instead. And then <laughs> after that, I watched 40s in October, which That's sucks bananas. because of what happened. But it was beautifully done. That's now, a, I mean, it's gone. completely rip on you here because the well, four days of October is fucking crazy to watch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Crazy. Um, but I did end up watching the ending of uh, the 01 game seven with because that game is just so good. Um, mm-hmm. I know obviously the ending is horrible, but like that Clemens against mm-hmm. Schilling toe to toe. And then um, I mean, it's just it is so good to see Clemens like in that form. And uh, just fucking blowing people away, and then Soriano's homer, the most un- most yep. forgettable homer of all time. Um, and but it's just so cool, like seeing Jeter go nuts and like all you know his classic like fist bump and all that. It's just like so good to see. And then Mariano just was so. I mean, he was so dominant in that inning before yeah, the, right. the thing went to shit. Like I just don't. There's just Jekyll and Hyde. It's like, how did that happen after that? He's <laughs> on the side, and it's like, what's happening here? And you just wish that the infield wasn't in, or maybe if Broch just threw a fucking first on the bunt, you know, <laughs> and then the double plays, he had him by 60 feet. It seemed like just crazy. It's just mm-hmm. such a game. And, like, that's always a game when people ask me if there's one life event, never mind sporting event, life event that you wish could have gone differently. Even though I was only eight. Um, I, that's like, I remember that series. Like that was kind of the first series where I actually like could still recall being a human being. And it would be that they won that game seven and Mo just pitched to, you know, Mo makes the throw to second instead of throwing it into the runner. And then yeah. they win that game because that's just like, you go back on YouTube and you see Brocious's home run and Tino's and it's like, they lost this series. <laughs> like how did that, how did the baseball gods figure this out? Like what kind of sick joke was that? That like, we could build a city up from 9-11 and all this and then have it just taken away yeah. from us on Tony Womack and fucking Luis Gonzalez. <laughs> it just, it just, something went wrong there with like the Matrix and the simulation where like the mm-hmm. guy was asleep at the wheel and hit the wrong button and like he probably got fired like from the Matrix job because like he messed that up because the Yankees were supposed to win that series. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I just rewatched that and I just, I was eating ice cream and eating a ton of Enemans donuts and being depressed as if like a, basically my girlfriend of 10 years dumped me. Like that's pretty right. much. <laughs> that's Murph. how I felt doing the same thing. Murph, what was yeah. it? And what I'm it? watching every game. I'm like, Oh, if they turn two here, then they win the series. Cause they're up. That's what I you think were saying. Three, in the group two and like the fifth. Yeah. And I texted, I'm like, I think Johnny Damon hit a ground ball and Jeter didn't cover second. 
or something, and they didn't end up turning two, and it would have gotten them out of the inning, and then runs happened later. I'm like, wow, if they turn that double play, the Sox don't win in 04, maybe they don't win in 07, and then maybe they still have the curse going. Which game was game four of the Game four of the 2004 ALCS. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because game seven, I remember that one. I mean, it was it was just over so quickly. After yeah, Damon, after Damon hit the Grand Slam, yeah. It was like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> it's so messed up here. I remember, like, me and my dad, like, almost, like, forgot the season was even happening when we were watching. We were like, what, what is this? What did we just do? What is this? This is over. It's just over a few weeks into the game. Just, yeah. It's just, but honestly, there's no quarantine shaming. No, we're all in bad places here mentally. Right. So whatever you do to pass the time, go for it. I can't really yeah. hate you. <laughs> do anything. Like, I just, like, yeah. we're all in. And we're also, like, so early into this quarantine. I know. This I don't know. For months. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to be like in a month from now. <laughs> Especially to go home and deal with my mom. And Oh, my God. Well, that's what I'm doing can- right now. The other day, I had to cut my own fucking hair because I can't go get a haircut. Oh, so. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what. I mean, you did a pretty good job. I mean, it looks, yeah, it looks not bad. bad. But, I mean, I my hair is. I'm in, a, I'm in a really bad spot. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. It's- it's tough. So My yeah, hair is kind of easy to cut because I, I just do. I got. I had to go out and get a buzzer before it's like illegal to walk outside. So now I can get yeah, haircut. I can do that. the whole thing. But I just did like a three on the sides. I had the mirrors going. I have like the medicine cabinet ones that open up. So I have like every angle. So I had to like get it all perfect. I sat in the middle, started going like that, and then I just scissored the top. But I mean, pretty soon I'm gonna. If I don't do this, I know Murph's gonna start looking like. He's like Tom yeah, I left Hanks my Castaway. <laughs> I left my buzzer at school because what happened for us was we went on spring break thinking we were coming back, and then all of a sudden they said you're not coming back. Oh. So I didn't. I didn't have anything. I had like a week's worth of clothes. I went to Kentucky for a weekend and then came home on like the Tuesday, and then they were like done. So I had no buzzer. You know, I had to buy like phone charger stuff like that. So I my beard's gonna be wild. Uh, Quinnipiac. Yeah, we all went to Quinnipiac. Uh-oh. It's in Connecticut. God. Nobody knows what Quinnipiac is until. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like mostly girls, right? Yeah, that's what everybody yeah, says. Yeah, it's like seventy thirty. It's a nice time. <laughs> people say two things. Yeah, I was in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah nah, it's near I mean, New Haven. So people say two good. things when they hear about Quinnipiac. They say, "Oh, the the poll, right? The presidential poll," and then they say, "Oh, it's like seventy percent girls." I'm like, yeah, those are the two things we're known for. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I thought it was Jersey this whole time. That's bad since I'm from Jersey, but uh, yeah, I mean that sucks. Like to. You guys were seniors, I assume. I graduated. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing my master's, so I just have a one year. Yeah, one year left. yeah. You're, you're like seniors in college, man. You guys got it so bad. Like, yeah, we got the, boned. Like, there's just there's no no one got fucked harder than you guys because yeah, that's like nice. I, I was trying to talk to my buddies about it. I'm like, what we'd be doing. Like, at first, we'd be like, yeah, like yeah, we'd stick around and take our online classes and then go to bars, and then eventually it got to the point where bars are just closed. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you just have to go home at some point. And uh, it's just, like, I can't imagine having spring break cut short like that and then you just get robbed. Like, senior year, that's – the second semester senior year was crazy. So, like, that's yep. just – I don't mean the rub- – I'm rubbing yeah, it now, right now. Now going to have to go. No, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, it's I'm just trying to just feel for you because it, that's just – you got really fucked now up. Now he's going to go watch four days in October yeah. again and <laughs> just get sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's already I, got it played in the background. He's, just going, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he's got his record player going, but I'm just so I'm I so left happy. That at school too. You left that at school too. Yep. Oh my god. I mean, I'm just happy that at least the internet doesn't can't get coronavirus because if 
Don't jinx it, okay? <laughs> Could you imagine though if we didn't have internet during this time? Like if this was like however many years ago and they and they got this, what the fuck oh. would we do? Oh, you kill yourself. That's fine. You just end your life. That's fine. You, just, you hope you hope there's like another life afterwards, and if there's not, then it's just over because you're not. You can't live like that. I mean, I just I gave stare myself out the window and start naming the birds <laughs> that I see out the window. <laughs> Keep a journal. So I would. I would probably rewatch the tapes of different World Series, and I do the book. <laughs> I would just start doing the book for games. Yeah, you might have to. It's just that's a bad thought. Don't put that. Don't put that into existence. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't already. I have my Netflix or anything like that. I'm in trouble. I'm surprised you haven't already. You're the most pessimistic person, you say. I mean, pretty. Fair. Pretty soon, I just gave a haircut to myself. Pretty soon, I'm gonna plant my own food. I don't know what we're gonna do next. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> but anyway. Back to baseball a little bit. We have a question that we like to ask our guests uh, every time. It's a little unorthodox, but, you know, this is obviously the designated hitter. Uh, if you could pick one player on the current Yankees roster to be the designated Reuter, like you just inject one player with steroids, who would it be? Huh. Uh, well, you almost want to not pick a guy who's already big because – but then he can get bigger, I guess. Does he need it? Yeah, there's two routes. There's two routes to go with this. There's definitely two routes to go with it. Um, huh. Ha ha ha. Give me a second here. Glaber doesn't need it. He already hits almost 40 homers, so he's fine. Judge really doesn't need it, but maybe the steroids would make him not get hurt anymore. That could be a be cool thought there. A non-injured Aaron Judge would be dope. Giancarlo, no. No, I mean. I just he's got the, if he's the juice balls and it's basically him doing steroids anyway. Gardner would be hilarious. Like a, <laughs> Gardner would be so funny. His um, his just like uh, like reactions, emotions, everything. He'd get even crazier. So just like right, like he'd actually get roid rage and like maybe his bald head would like get even bigger somehow. Veins everywhere. Um, if he banged on the dugout too, he'd probably break the dugout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, I think. I think You're like, kind of turning me on Gardner. I have a different answer. But. I think Gardner might be I, – DJ's popped my head, but like I kind of like DJ just the singles hitter. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to see D, DJ. It's almost like the um, the perfect girl in your life who like she's not the most attractive <laughs> in the world, but like awesome personality, very good looking still, and like she's just the one to you, but like you don't want to change her in any way. Because, like, maybe if she got too hot, like, her personality would start to change and all this. So I don't want to touch DJ because he's just so perfect as he is. Yeah. So I think I'm going to see what Brett Gardner is like on steroids and see if he hit 50 home runs. That was yeah. a perfect analogy for DJ. <laughs> I'm kind of blown away by that. That was wild. I watched I, – I wrote a whole blog about uh, dream girls in movies, and it's just been stuck in my head of the perfect girl. <laughs> the, the, per, the, like, most hot, but, like, she has everything else, so – my answer for that, by the way, was Blake Lively and accepted. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I, I saw to, that. <laughs> I actually wrote the article. Who yeah. do you pick, Raleigh? Yeah. I See, I would go the route of DJ because just because I know you don't want to change him and he's so perfect. But And honestly, you may have switched me over to Gardner just because of how fun that would be to watch. Just him, just not even baseball related, just him just going absolutely crazy and just yeah. being an absolute dick. Like you saw when he ripped off Tyler Wade's sleeve, just like shit like that would happen every day. Maybe he yeah. like yells at Boone just like just for no reason him and yeah. he'd be almost like on Canley's level of just nuts actually maybe Canley I didn't even think about that because Canley would go you don't really think about pitchers but yeah yeah but Canley would like start climbing walls and shit <laughs> like 
get it to new levels. But my initial answer was DJ because if you have the contact already, you can't like look at guys who take steroids like D Gordon. You have him take steroids like it doesn't make you Barry Bonds. But if you have a guy who bats three fifty already, like around that, and then you throw home runs in, that'd be kind of wild to see DJ start hitting fifty bombs a year. Yeah, I yeah. usually. I get the like I change my answer every time we do this question, but the one I'm sticking with is Hicks. I think Hicks would be good because he switch hits. He can get the bat on the yeah. ball. So then having a switch hitter that can hit bombs from both sides. And also he already has a rocket attached to his arm. And if he was any stronger, I think he might break hundred and ten throwing the ball to the plate. And it would keep yeah. him on the field. Yeah, that too. Keep let him, me keep him on the field. let me ask you let me change the question a little bit. Maybe you'll use this moving forward, <laughs> given the new Given the news in, in the offseason, yeah, if you could pick one Yankees hitter to know every single pitch that's coming, oh, okay. who would that be? I mean, if I feel I'm, like Judge is the easy answer to that because he strikes out so often, but when he hits the ball, it goes a mile. Yeah. Right. Like he would just know when a slider is coming and lay off. Right. Him. No, I but think I think I'd pick. Maybe you might actually hit 600. Yeah. True. I think I might stick True. with DJ, but honestly, if I were to pick one person to know what's coming, I would definitely give that to Gary because he looks fucking lost on the plate sometimes so if he knew it was coming then he'd actually be a regular player so it would round out i think the answer is giancarlo because if he uh, like i'm like to the same thing as gary but giancarlo is a better player than like mm-hmm. he's a, like when they're both at their peak like he has right. way more like he won an mvp he, you know he can hit 60 homers so if giancarlo knew every time you were throwing him a slider and every time you're throwing him a fastball he would break barry bonds's record yeah yeah, Look, he, he even though he even said that. He said, he yeah. said he yeah. yeah, so my pick is Chuck Carlo. But I, I don't I like that. I might use that question for my podcast now. Yeah, oh, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll listen. Um, I think if John Carlo knew what pitch was coming, he might hit a ball 120 miles off the bat. You'd almost just like, breaks that cast. Fans fans wouldn't have to be allowed to be in the bleachers because there would be like targets. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to put yeah. up nets around the entire field <laughs> just Yeah. And he'd break the nets too. So. Imagine yeah. he's a little early on a high fastball and ripped it foul. That'd be you murder people. Murder yeah. people. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wild. But yeah, uh, shifting gears a little bit, uh, one of our last questions, we had you on for a little bit a little bit of time. I don't know if you had any plans today to escape NYC. but uh, It's literally just to hit play on Gossip Girl and continue watching it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, so now that Mookie has left the AL East, uh, who are you most scared of? Remaining in the AL because obviously Mookie is probably the best player in the AL East last year, not on the Yankees. That being a terrible question, if we don't play baseball this year and he just comes back, but <laughs> yeah, that true. wouldn't age well. We'd, we'd play this recording back again and be like, oh well, that didn't age well. Yeah. So wait, we're talking just AL East? Yeah, like because yeah, like, we have to face them so frequently. Who are you most scared of? I mean, it's how is it not Vladdy Jr.? Uh, I mean, that guy is just terrifying every time he steps the plate, and he's still so young and getting better. Um, Honestly, uh, um, Bichette is a fucking monster too. Like that guy, I don't. That guy kills us. I feel like so it could be one of those two guys. It's no one on the Orioles. Um, <laughs> although I feel like every time Trey Mancini yeah. gets up, he hits a home run. Uh, but I'm, I'm not gonna. And also, hopefully, I, he's going through a lot. Hopefully, he gets better and all that. He's. I know he's had his surgery and all that shit. Yeah. But um, I and Trey's a really really good dude. But I think my answer, yeah, it's not going to be anyone on the Rays. They all just get singles and double, unless your name is uh, Travis Darno. But I don't think he's on the Rays anymore. So nah, he's, he's gone. Um, uh, and the Red Sox. I mean, 
JD Martinez, me and him have a, like a personal thing where he doesn't like me and I don't like him. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, maybe it is, I mean, Jay, he's so terrifying, but he's also getting up there a little bit in age. I'm hoping he just falls off a fucking cliff. Um, so it's gotta be Vladdy. The answer is Vladdy. He's so young and so powerful and so talented. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I could agree with that. I probably go. I mean, there's one player who it might not be my most feared, but he just has something. Every time he's up, Randall Gritchick just always finds a way to fuck us. Like he's just always hits a home run. It's he's kind of like the Travis Darno effect. Like Randall Gritchick, it just becomes Barry Bonds when he plays the Yankees. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he does it against other teams either. Have you noticed that? Fun fact: I'm Eskimo brothers with Randall Gritchick. Are, are you? That's impressive. <laughs> That's <laughs> put that on a resume. It is impressive. It's just a random name, but yeah. No, that's uh, that's definitely like one of the fun facts. Like, oh, fun! I'm, I'm Eric Hubs. Uh, fun yeah. fact: I'm Epsilon Brothers with Randall Gritchick. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't. I. He, you're right. Gritchick does kill us. I feel like I'm missing a name that someone who's so random but always kills us too. Oh, that guy on the Rangers. Oh, uh, what's it? Guzman. That Guzman guy just yeah, destroyed Ronald us. Yeah, Ronald Guzman. Um, yeah. but yeah, Gritchick. Yeah, Gritchick does kill us. I feel like, but. You got to go Vladdy over Gritchick still. is the most powerful yeah, sure. yeah. in, in the division. Yeah. Murph, who's yours? Um, I'm going to go with the Boba Shet one. I just think that the Blue Jays in general could be sneaky. Um, they're just all kind of young and good. I don't know. They're, it's tough. There's not really a great answer. I Although the one I still hate the most uh, in the American League East is Ben Attendee. still hate Ben Attendee. Yeah, so a different question. Like, do you, it, it might differ from this, it might change your answer, but instead of most feared, is there somebody who you specifically hate? Like, Murph hates Ben Attendee for just his. JD Martinez. Yeah. JD Martinez. <laughs> so, what's the story behind that? You said they just hate each other? Like, mm, well, he has this thing with Carabas, and, you know, he's his boy toy and all that. And uh, he, he just doesn't stop hitting home runs. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think Frankie uh, was at an all star game party with him in D.C. And went up to him and goes, can you please stop, like, doing this? He goes, I will never stop doing this. Like, to his face. <laughs> and like, hasn't stopped doing this. Like, he's just a, an asshole. Um, and then uh, there was a time, I want to say, uh, during the Yankees-Red Sox ALDS of two years ago. Um, we were at Fenway for game one or something like that. And he came out of the dugout. And we were right by, like, the dugout. And he goes, where's Hubs? He just stared right at me and, like, winked at me. And t- I don't like eh, – he likes me. Like, it's cool to, like, I have this relationship with a player, but, like, I, we don't like each other. So I, I don't I don't wish any good things on him. And, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, just to wrap up here because we've had you for a while, but uh, do you have any like, – you go to a lot of games. We go to a lot of games too because I – last – I just moved out to the city too. I'm in the Upper East Side, so we were 10 minutes from the stadium. But uh, – yeah. You go to a lot of games too. So, is there like what's the craziest game you've been to, or like just a crazy story you've had at a ballpark? Yeah. Um. Uh. I mean, I went to the A's wild card game. That was cool. So that was they, awesome. Yeah. There too. That game itself wasn't crazy. Like they, you know, the atmosphere was great, and Sevy was awesome for his four innings, and the Judge Homer immediately was mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Um. But I wouldn't call it like. You know, it's a playoff game, but like I don't know, it's kind of just a normal-ish game. They just dominate the A's. Um, I was at that game where Judge hit that ball against the Orioles, so uh, like five hundred feet. That was just I was sitting second deck, third base line for that, and I just remember seeing the ball 
and I was with a buddy who doesn't go to many baseball games. It was like a college friend. And he just didn't even know what he was watching because <laughs> the ball just kept going up and up and up and up at this line drive rate. And we're like, what is, where's this ball going? Like, what is happening here? And yeah. it just clears the bleachers. I've just never seen anything like that. So that's a memorable moment. Um, I was at that Red Sox game, regular season game. I think it was in like May of 2018 um, where Kimbrell blew the save on Gardner's triple. And then Gar- uh, Judge ends up hitting uh, the Mohean Sun like bar on a line drive homer like a few batters later just ended pretty much. That was just hilarious that's and amazing. unbelievable. I saw Gardner's Grand Slam against the Red Sox last year. That was awesome. We were there for that, yeah. too. Yep. Yeah, that, that was that was crazy. Um, <laughs> then I'm thinking, like, with my dad, I've seen a few Matsui walk-offs, and that was, like, my guy, so that was cool. I do remember there was one time, memorably, that um, we had to, me and my dad had to leave the stadium, like, and beat traffic. We had to get home for something, and we were listening in the car, and they were losing by, like, one or something like that. And it's just so sacrilegious to leave that early, but we had, like, we had to get home for something. And uh, we listen to the car, and it's and they're down like the last out. And I think um, I want to say it was I could have the players. I know Tony Womack was definitely one of the people. So Womack homers, and I think Matsui hits a walk off like back to back. And it was just like we're, we literally stared at ourselves in the car. We're like, "Are you fucking kidding me? We, we left the game. We could back to back to tie and then walk off. Like that's something I wish I saw. But I've never been there for a milestone or um, you know a. Uh, um, uh, crazy 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 game that went like i mean i yeah no i i haven't been there for like a 500th homer or a 300th win or any of that so i guess i just have to pick random walk-offs is my answer yeah i mean one of our friends who's on the pod with us his name's kev he i think he did what did he go to he went to a rod's 500 he went he went to a rod's 600th and he had tickets to jeter's 3000th but he didn't go to jeter's 3000th i'm pretty sure because he (laughs) needed four hits yeah. I no. Think. Yeah. <clears throat> so he was like, he had like something else, like a birthday party, I think, and uh, <laughs> so he was like, well, he's not gonna get it today. And then, sure enough, like they had the game on at the party, and sure enough, he hit it. <laughs> I'd be punching on a home right run now if that was me. I didn't see that lot. I I listened to it in the car because I was coming back from a uh, travel baseball game or something for that game. So I actually didn't see it on TV either. I just had to listen to Sterling, which wasn't. Horrible. Obviously, Sterling's the best, but uh, yeah, I, I remember not seeing it on TV either, which kind of sucked. Yeah, I mean, me and Murph were talking before. Like sometimes we turn the game, we have the game on, obviously, but we turn the sound off and just listen to Sterling, even though it's a little delayed, maybe just to hear Sterling talk. Yeah, there's nothing like if it's it's nothing like if they're on the road. I almost like I don't know why Texas is coming to mind, but let's say they're on the road in Texas and you're back home in, on the East Coast and it's raining and you just like kind of open the window a little bit. And then you just turn on the radio and you listen to John Sterling call Yankee game. It's like, that's a summer night to me, like on the road. When the Yankees on the road and then Sterling is calling the game and it's raining here. But you can just, you know, it's raining here, but it's sunny there. And you just listen to Sterling. Yeah. And I, I just love that shit. That's yeah. a little hobby of mine. <laughs> yeah, I, when I uh, <clears throat> drive back to school anytime that it's during baseball season. So, like, for the beginning of the year, going home at the end, whatever. Anytime I'm in that, it's a three-hour drive from Saratoga to uh, Quinnipiac. So, yeah. I'll always try to time it up where right when I leave, uh, the Yankees start and I'll listen to Sterling. But through that three-hour drive, the station that the Yankees game is on changes like three times. So I'm, I'll be driving through Massachusetts, like trying to find whatever the new <laughs> station is as it's like coming in and out of range. It's it's funny. but Driving, driving during a Sterling game can be dangerous, though, because like if he... 
if he's calling a homer and it's just caught up the wall or something or it's foul or it's an <laughs> yeah. infield pop-up or ground ball and it just has it wrong, you can drive off a bridge. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good so, point. But that's what you get with Sterling. It's okay. You know, when you call these games so much, you can miss a few. It's okay. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, I can't, can't ever get mad at Sterling. Uh, for the craziest ball, I don't really know. I, I haven't been to very, very many milestone games, but recently I went to the Savages in the Box game. That was kind of cool. That was the... That was the doubleheader. I obviously didn't hear it. And actually, during that moment, I was in the bathroom, and I had to run back because I heard there was this just nonsense. And you hear, like, the crowd. Like, you can kind of gauge what kind of cheer what kind of cheer it is. Like, you know the home run cheer. It's just a quick, high pitch, like, oh, yeah. And then it gets louder when it gets out. But this was, like, something I've never heard before. So I was in the it, bathroom. Like, builds up. It builds up, builds up, builds up. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, what is happening? Is there someone yeah. on the field right now? What's going on here? Yeah, because yeah. the home run is just a quick short of that. And then I kept hearing, like, up and down, up and down, up and down. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I ran out there, and I saw that shit happening. It was just crazy. And Yeah. But the only other cool game I've been to, I think, obviously we've just been to a bunch of random games. But uh, we also went to the wild card game, too, and we had a funny story about that. We just... We were all the way up in the boonies at the top, like the very last row in uh, the nosebleeds, and we ended up just pissing off the back of the stadium just because we didn't want to miss any of the games, so we were just like pissing off the back. It was just stupid. But didn't Welcome to That's it. pretty incriminating. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you should I don't cut, know if you just said that out loud. Cut that part out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful with that. Yeah. But anyway, man. I thought we agreed not to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it was great having you on the podcast. Great shoot, just shooting the shit with you. We got nothing else going on. So uh, go back to listening, watching the Gossip Girl. So <laughs> This was therapeutic. I, I don't talk to many people throughout the day anymore. So I guess uh, I needed this a little bit. So I appreciate you guys having me on. I'll, uh, right. And uh, hopefully we get a little season. We can talk a little more later on and, uh, and pray the Yankees are back playing baseball this year, not next year. Yeah, hopefully. That sounds have, great. If we have fans yeah. of the stadium, hopefully catch you at a few games then too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, guys. All right, man. I appreciate it. All, All right. right. Thanks later. again. Stay safe. Yeah.